and just a quick warning, if you're listening to this at work or driving the kids to school, please press stop now. This show may contain foul language. For everyone else, welcome to Tit Radio, Episode Zero. I'm Monster B, and this is a new series on Hacker Public Radio. Uh, Tit Radio is going to be about a 60 to 90 minute show. Uh, not today, though. It's going to be probably 40 minutes long. It's going to be a roundtable of geeks, just talking about whatever. I'm Mrs. Oak. Uh, she's a geek. She's with you. It rubs off. It's contagious. That makes her a geek ass, doesn't it? She must be a bloody loser if she's with Zoe. <laughs> Guilty by association, is that what we're saying? Yeah, it's kind of like swine flu. Yeah, all you have to do is be around it and it happens. Wow. It's one of them. Wah, wah. Let's uh, meet our round table of tits. Uh, <laughs> so we know who's who here. Art? Evening all. J-Man? Hello. And Kalatu. Hello, everyone. Peter64. G'day. 330. Hello. Zoke. Hello. Mrs. Zoke. Hello. And Snack Machine. Hello, hello. Well, we probably don't need it, but we're going to have to pick a digital dragon slayer for tonight. So, so uh, and what the digital dragon slayer is, in case things got out of hand, they have the power to send somebody to the booby box for 10 minutes. Okay, let me spin the wheel and find out who's going to be the digital dragon slayer. Looks like... Oh, claw two. Oh, perfect. I didn't Yay. want to Didn't want to have that job, but I've got it. I'm sorry, it's random. Yeah, sure. I heard <laughs> the ball spinning, so yeah, it must be random. No, what he didn't tell you is the, the ball spins around in every single one says car too. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, so what, let's just go in alphabetic order. You want to go first, Art? Not really. That's uh, too late. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I guess if I have to. Okay, as from what I understand, we're to bring a website, an idea, something geeky, and... I'm going to bring commandlinefoo.com, which is a great website, has tons of commands that are uh, sent in by geeks, let's say. Uh, also, also in the site, there's a lot of uh, different things you can do. Um, you can follow it on Twitter. You can put it in your RSS feeds for new commands. There's also a thing on here for to put in Firefox, where you can have it in your search up in your Firefox search instead of having, like, Google, you can have command line foo if you want to type in uh, something you're looking for in a command. It's a pretty sharp, pretty sharp website. Uh, being I'm new to a lot of the command line stuff, I mean, it's been quite a help for me. I don't know much more to say about it except that it is uh, pretty sharp. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It does look really nice. I think this would be a great thing to have in an RSS feed. Especially if you've got like a widget for RSS feeds on like your desktop or something, you could see, you know, a new command all the time. Well, yeah, you can get them sent. You can get new commands. You can get commands with different uh, votes because they do the commands on a vote setting. Yeah, you know. a few times people have put fork bombs up there, so do be careful. What did you say, Zach? Sorry, what did they put up there? Fork bombs, where it basically puts your computer in an infinite loop. And generally, it can cause major issues. Like, you have to hit the big power button if you're not careful. 
say what no one moderates the site and checks the things before it's posted. Well, no, people, well, people do vote it up and vote it down and stuff. So, you know, you can look at the comments and people will say it. And just, I have noticed uh, a couple of them. I haven't noticed them recently, though, but a couple of them have, yeah, they've had problems in them, which wasn't good. One of them actually said, you know, don't actually run this command. So at least they put that in. There's also a thing on there where, you know, if you have suggestions, you find a bug, there is a uh, site you can contact with it up there in the top. I think it's command line foo, uservoice.com or something. It's, it's up on the top of the site. Well, it looks like an interesting site. I'll add that to the show notes. Uh, how about you, G-Man? Well, has anyone seen the new Wolfram Alpha search? I haven't seen it. I've heard quite a bit about it, but didn't actually go check it out. Have we got a link, Jay and Lindsay? Hey, Jay Lindsay, you're the first person I've ever heard to actually be able to say it. Everyone says Wolfram Alpha. <laughs> All I'm getting is Wolfram and famous English muffins. <laughs> that sounds great. Can you send me the link for that, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I go. Sounds delicious. Can I have one toast? So basically, this thing just went live, and the idea is that you, t- you take all the knowledge that's that's pretty much in in the world like mathematics uh just any subject uh, the earth you know measurements and and put it all in this in this search so that you can theoretically search for anything that can be learned so it's just google except by wolfram is that correct or is there something different about this than than like google it's no this is definitely not google this is this is uh, statistics, uh, just tons of oh. data that's been put together on oh. various subjects. Okay. It's a bit like Yahoo Answers to a degree too, isn't it? Where it's not going to give you a list of, like Google, when you do a search for a term or whatever, it doesn't give you a list of pages. Doesn't this try to right, specifically it's, it's answer? It's supposed to give you an answer to, the, answer. to your question. Yeah, yeah. I have heard of this. What if you ask it, what's the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? Well, try it, Zach. Do it live. Well, I just put in there how far to the moon, and it gives you a whole bunch of graphs. The result is 42. <laughs> yeah, it does actually do it. And then it does even say, according to Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, like Advent 61. Yeah, doing a search for the moon gives you, like, the current distance from Earth, the average distance, the largest distance. Oh. It is a really good thing, isn't it? It's unreal. Is it based on more mathematical calculations, or just anything. I mean, by the sound of it, it's Wolfram Alpha. Alpha is like a mathematical... Of course, that's everything computers based on mathematics. So. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, pretty much general knowledge uh, on a, a whole range of subjects. I mean, you, well, you could pretty much put anything in there. Put in English muffin, and it'll tell you the average total fat, the cholesterol, the sodium, total carbohydrates, everything. <laughs> How long has this been up? It just went live in the last few days. Wants to be willy size. It says it contains 10 plus trillion pieces of data. Too small to compute. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold. Notice class is not... Peter, that actually deserves... I'm in the booby box for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too late. Bye. That was, just, that was inappropriate. I just saying something like that on a, on a 
the, the hacker show. He's in the and movie box. If this is a hockey game, that was high sticking. If I've ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got for us, Claw Two? Oh, real quick before you go, uh, or give you a little story. When are we gonna hear a ne- uh, new uh, Fedora Reloaded? I have been trying to coordinate that for weeks now, and it just hasn't happened. So hopefully, really, really soon. The new release is coming up, right? In like ten, what is it? Got down to ten days or nine days now? Yeah, it's it's right around the corner. And I'm actually pretty excited about it, but that's not what I was going to mention, so I'm not going to, I won't go too, I won't go on about it. But, um, no, the thing I was going to mention, because I didn't really see a whole bunch of news or anything this week, but I'm reading this really good book um, by uh, Mike Gankars called The uh, Linux and the Unix Philosophy. And it is literally a book, not too terribly thick, it's probably like, I don't know, say 200 pages at the most. It's literally just about, obviously, Linux and the way that it adheres to what he's calling the Unix philosophy. And he's got nine or ten different tenets that he defines as kind of what makes Unix unique from other operating systems. And there, there are things that some of us have heard before, like, you know, small is beautiful, or make each program do one thing and do it well, you know, things like that. But one of the things that he talked about that I found really interesting uh, was choose portability over efficiency. And he was saying that because if you think about all the different applications out there, like eventually they all have to be ported to something, right? Because, you know, OSs come and go or architectures come and go. So these these applications have to be ported in order for your data to remain I guess, relevant or readable. And so if you choose portability over efficiency, you're actually doing yourself a service. You know, and you're relying on the hardware for the efficiency, and you're sacrificing maybe a little bit of efficiency, but uh, choosing portability. And that was really interesting to me. And I was wondering if anyone had any more insight into, I guess, whether portability really does sacrifice efficiency that much, because I don't know much about the programming side of things. But... um, yeah, portability is obviously really important, and it's a thing that lets us compile software, obviously, on you know all of our different machines and just start running it. If you code it right, portability doesn't really make a huge amount of difference. Okay. So you, you know you write you write the code, and then you have you just make a function, a function show window, and then in that function, if it, especially if it's C, you can do a separate section, um, a separate file. And in that file, you can then have, all right, well, this is the Mac one, this is the uh, the Windows one, this is the Linux one. And then you just, like, copy the right one. And as long as you keep the function names the same, it's not, I mean, it's a bit more work. But if you think about it, it's not actually a huge amount more work. Right, especially... On the, on the assumption that the programming language is still there. If you code it in Visual Basic, you're kind of screwed trying to convert it to any other language. But, you know, okay, Visual yeah. Basic hooks into the APIs and stuff, with .NET as it is now hooks into all the APIs and stuff. But if you, as I said, if you're writing in, let's say, C, you can have different files for each bit, and you can have a, fu- uh, a function in one of the files just called load window, and in that, it you have different bits for whichever one you're on. So it really shouldn't be too much more effort if you're a good programmer. Unfortunately, right. most people aren't. Well, that's part of what he, the book was saying, too, is that if you don't try to, don't try to go out and write the great American program, you know, like the cliche, the great American novel. 
you don't go out and try to do this great big program that's like this monolithic thing uh, that will do everything. Then you're you're doing yourself a service because you're not you're not taxing your own programming skills. If you write small programs that can be then, of course, like in in Linux and Unix, chained together to do a larger task, you're, you're increasing the chances of writing actually a good program in the first place. It's a really good book. I highly recommend it to anyone who's as obsessed about Linux as I am, or as probably most of us are. What did you say the name of it again? What's it called, too? It's called Linux and the Unix Philosophy. So it's, it's he analyzes a little bit about like traditional Unix and kind of shows how Linux exemplifies a lot of it. Because if you think about it, Linux is quite different from Unix in terms of like in some of the, the, the progressive ideas it came out with, you know, like the fact that it's being contributed to by, you know, millions of people and stuff like that. Um, so there's there's that important difference. But a lot of those foundations were, were kind of established when Unix was first begun. Simple things like storing data in plain text, you know, just smart things like that that get carried over. Well, it's like the file system too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the entire file system and how it uses, you know, everything as a file, right? I mean, it's it's really, really significant. And it is a really good book for me, too, because, like I say, most of my experience was just with one platform. And it's really kind of delving into other platforms like Windows and OpenVMS and things like that and kind of telling what what their methodology was and why it wasn't necessarily smart. Well, we know Windows wasn't smart. Well, we know that it wasn't smart, but we don't necessarily know why unless unless we we look into it, you know, or at least I don't, because I, you know, and I think other people probably don't too. I mean, they just they just know that Microsoft is bad, you know, and that's that's all they know. They couldn't pinpoint why why exactly the OS itself is bad. Um, oh, and it talks about the Atari Twenty Six Hundred as well, and why they kind of screwed up in some places. It's it's a fascinating book. Well, they said a lot with Windows was the holes they left in it, right? I imagine so, yeah. I mean, just just the, the size and scope of it and the lack of uh, of, of going back over and, and, and really, really fixing everything. Well, the, system, the three systems of man. And the first system is kind of your first attempt. Your second system is the attempt that you... that kind of grew out of the first attempt and it's really, really good, and it's really great, and it's it's kind of, it's, everyone thinks it's going to be around forever, but everyone kind of, you know, it's getting kind of cumbersome and everything. And then the third system is this sort of ideal thing that you sort of reinvent something out of. Um, so they talk a lot about, like, learning from past mistakes and making sure that you do fix them, and you're not holding on to things just because of, you know, brand loyalty or... Uh, well, we we invented this, so we're not going to ever leave it behind. You know, things like that. Sounds like a good book. Yeah, it's incredibly thought provoking. If if you sit in front of a computer all day, like probably most of us do, or if you think about them all day, you know, it's just it's, this book is really really interesting. Did they speak to like uh, Torvalds or anyone like that when they wrote this book, or is it just somebody's ideas on it? Yeah, it's, it's more of just like really, really, this guy really expounding upon the, a little bit of the history, but mostly just like the way things are done. Like, there's the, the really smart things that, that Unix and by default Linux um, have, 
kind of developed over the years. What's the title of the book again for the show notes? It's called Linux and the Unix Philosophy. And it's by Mike uh, Mike uh, ah, Mike Gankars, G-A-N-C-A-R-Z-Z. Mike Gankars. All righty. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to find something for the show notes and put a link to it. Just, um, I'll put a link to my Amazon seller's account. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you have one, go ahead. No, I, I do not, and I would not. But um, it's, it's definitely a good book, so people should check it out. And it's a pretty easy read. All right, sweet. Any more questions? All right, let's bring Peter64 back. If he can control oh. his, his mouth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was what I'm called for. I apologize to all the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, originally, I was gonna thought we could get into a discussion about where Linux is in regard to video editing, but because we might be a little bit short of time, and also because I'd like to know as probably as much as anybody, I'm about to purchase a new laptop, and I thought, okay, I want to get one that's going to run with Linux with no problems. And typically, of course, we all know that you can have a little bit of trouble with wireless. Um, cards and and I'm not really sure on the Intel uh, video displays or you know, video processors etc. So I started having a look around with a couple of sites that you can get some information. Uh, now everyone may know these. The, the Tax Mobile is one Tax Mobile without need org, which is a compatibility list of mobile hardware components etc. That might be worth looking at. And another one I came across is hardware for Linux. And the thing about this is that you can download um, a thing called a collector. And it goes through and collects hardware information by the look of it. So you can actually contribute to this site. And then uh, they sort of rate stuff as five works out of the box without a problem. Then three works with slight modification. Zero is don't know or not supported by the hardware. Um, and you go down to a minus five, which is does not work. And I know there's a lot of people new coming over to Linux, and they may not know where to go to find this sort of information, especially if they're decided. I think people who, who run Linux are typically are the people who want to build their own machine. Um, and I was just wondering if anyone else knows some good sites where you can sort of get that compatibility reports. No, I don't know of any of any big site. What, what, which one did you mention already, Peter? Uh, the Tax Mobile seems to be a pretty comprehensive site for that sort of information. And another one I found was Hardware for Linux. That's, yeah, that's the could... one I think I was thinking of, Hardware for Linux. Now, um, admittedly... They... Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, aren't a lot of those kind of uh, out of... They're not, they're not like super, super cutting edge because it, it's all dependent on someone having gone out buying that piece of hardware and tested it themselves. Yeah, that's right. And another site I did find uh, previously, and I can't find it this time, you could actually look up your model of laptop. And laptops are typically where there's problems, from what I understand. Um, a lot of proprietary stuff in, in laptops or something. But there was a site I found where you could actually go on and put your model of laptop and someone has written a how-to uh, that actually went through almost step-by-step step of how they got a certain distribution to run and what they had to do, what didn't work. Maybe the, they couldn't have got the camera, 
built into the laptop working. Maybe they had trouble with sound. And unfortunately, if I can find that Monster B, you might put that in the show notes because I thought that was a pretty handy site as well. Yeah, I think I saw, I think I saw such a site way back in the day. I don't remember what it was either. Um, Jalen's has just posted there. You get analytics-laptop.net. That was probably what it was. Yeah, so there you go. So that's probably another good site that I'll have a read later on this afternoon. But, I mean, there's a wealth of information out there. Um, it can be just a little hard to track down at times. And it it can be, uh, yeah, a little overwhelming, even for people who have a little bit of a clue. So if you're just coming to Linux, you're probably not going to realise. And the other thing a lot of people, I think, don't realise is that it's not the manufacturer of the actual, say, Wi-Fi card or, or what have you it's actual chipset that is more important than um, the manufacturer that's what you really need to look at I, I bought one for my wife's computer the other day a PC MCIA Wi-Fi card that was uh, I think it was a Netgear um, only to find out that they one that is an identical model but there was a revision one and two I think one came had the Marvel chipset in it the other one had the Broadcom. And that's how you can get caught out if you really don't do your homework. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's kind of hard to know. It's kind of hard to look at the chipset, you know, until you get it sometimes because obviously you're not going to be able to, uh, you can't go into the store and, and, and find out the chipset. It doesn't say it on the box. Yeah, but it gives you a version able... number, doesn't it? Uh, I um, think so. It can be hard. Yeah. It would be from the serial number, I, I, if I if I'm correct. Or um, it's an FDC, FIDC number or something. I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, it's okay. not a, it's not an easy task. I yeah. mean, if you can take take in a live CD, pop it in, and right. just do a list um, PCI and have a look, find out what chipsets in a laptop. Um, I think you're going to be a, in a better position than you were when you were just trying to guess. And admittedly, this stuff isn't as critical as it used to be because from what I've been reading in the last few days, very, very little stuff is um, is not recognised or works under Linux at the moment. Yeah, in, in, the, in the experience I've had so far, I haven't had so much trouble with, you know, with much. I mean, you got the graphic card question, whether it's NVIDIA or ATI or Intel, You've got a question about the wireless card. There's still a couple out there that are tough. Everything else is going to work. The only question is on laptops if they have those extra multimedia keys or things like that, whether or not... And card readers, like. too. And yeah. card readers. Card readers I've had really good luck with, though, myself. Usually it seems to be like a generic like internal USB port or something, and it just kind of works. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, and the other thing I have found is um, some people seem to have a bit of trouble with sound to some degree on laptops. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. Um, now, if I ever wanted to, and I think Ad said this in his uh, Hacker Public Radio, that uh, one way to solve that is if you want to make phone calls with Skype or Gizmo, etc., is actually to go to uh, buy a USB headset. And it seems to fix a hell of a lot of the problems people have. That was have. a really good tip. Yeah, that was a really good point. I'd never thought yeah. of that before. No, it's funny. All of a sudden, I could start using my laptop and everything for Skype. Whereas before, when people tried to Skype me, I had to come up and start my desktop. 
now yeah. it was just whacked in your USB headset and all of a sudden all the sound problems disappeared. Not so much sound as in outgoing sound, but sound as in getting a mic to work on a laptop seems to be a big problem. Well, on the triple E's with the built-in mics, there's no problem, right? Uh, no, on my uh, daughter's, no, it's brilliant. With Skype, it, it, yeah, she can talk to grandma with that video camera going without a problem. But the two laptops I've had, which is a compact Amada and uh, whatever my other one was, I haven't been able to use the microphones and all of a sudden a USB headphone, no problems. I'll have to try mine. I have a Dell uh, D800 here with a, a headset and microphone that plugged in. I have to try Skype with that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Hey, Lindsay just posted a, a link that's really, really good uh, in the in the IRC, it's k kmuto.jp. Uh, I guess we can put this in the show notes. Slash Debian slash HCL, and you just run an ls pci dash in on your machine, paste the results in this little box, and it will tell you what module um, it needs to use. Oh, that's pretty order. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is like good. Really handy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they have a lot of machines listed that people have already submitted to. Well, see, then you run into the trouble like I'm having with my laptop, trying to connect my uh, SANSA portable media player to, and I, I can't, because of running Jaunty, I can't get it to work. Well, piss off Jaunty and get a decent operating system. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Don't send me to the bin. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get sent away for that. <laughs> if you start slaving about uh, open sys, you might as well sign them. Is <laughs> uh, what a, a few people having trouble mounting that? Is it, a is lot that of KDE are. 4 or GNOME you're using? Uh, no, this is GNOME. I've heard a lot of people complaining about KDE 4 not actually mounting stuff when you're putting it in. It just pops up that little box, and then you have to go down and click it. Uh, I don't I've, have I don't have any trouble with a uh, like a uh, USB stick. It's just when I try to put this uh, Sansa in, it it won't read it. It just won't even. It keeps it keeps trying to connect to it. And I tried. I went on and I looked around and I tried to get the. Uh, you know, I think it was on Flashdot or something. I found a supposed fix, but that didn't work either. Yes, they now lost in Bronx says it doesn't work so well, and yet April Bryan 13 says it works fine. Hey, Peter, before we move on to the, to the next person, I was just looking at the uh, System76 website and yep. looking at the uh, video chips that they put in there, and it's an Intel X4500 HD. Forty five hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that's what I have in mind there. It works pretty well. Yeah, I I've been looking at the Dell with the the uh, thirty one hundred in it. Like for money, the Dell doesn't seem like such a bad machine. Well didn't Russ uh the techie geek there just get a system seventy six? Yeah, he did. I heard him say he's very happy with it. And the problem for me of course would be getting it. Yeah, they wouldn't ship it. No, it cost too much money. Yeah. Well, I think the Dell um, over there was about $360, and I, over here it's going to cost me about 850 <laughs> Wow. Unbelievable, isn't it? It'd be cheaper for me to get on a bloody plane and fly over there. Well, maybe not, but 
well, you could send me a ticket and I'll come down and deliver it for you. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would probably cost, what, 150 bucks to send it to you? Yeah, just put me in a crate. Actually, while we're talking about this, I, I, I actually I went on the Dell Australia website and I tried to get an Ubuntu one and there's nothing listed. So I rang them up and I said to the lady who, um, who was an Indian lady and I'm not sure where she was located, and I said, hi, I'm interested in buying uh, one of the laptops, but I want Ubuntu on it. Uh, she asked me what Ubuntu was. I said, it's Linux, and she said, Linux, Linux, I, I'll get you a salesperson. And I thought, well, that's who I thought mm-hmm. I was talking to. And then uh, she came back and said that Linux uh, isn't sold on laptops in Australia. Uh, so, there you go. I thought it was. I thought that it had come to Australia, but it obviously hasn't. So, it looks like I'm getting a Windows machine, Windows Vista machine. Did you order, already order it? I'm uh, probably going to order it on Monday. I was going to say, if you want to put some money in that PayPal account, I can just order <laughs> yeah, it and send it to you. Send it over to me. The only problem is yeah. the plugins would be different. You would have to get a yeah, different power supply. Yeah. Which is. Yeah, no. I most of the laptops and stuff nowadays, though, handle pretty much all the vol- the voltage. Yeah, but the plug on the like, end. Well, well, yeah, but you can just get a different plug. It's about a hundred bucks. Yeah, over um, here. I I might have one handy actually, but um, <laughs> no, I know <laughs> things like in the European Union, they brought a mandate in I think ten years ago, or so, a while back, that basically every single thing that is sold that's electrical needs to be able to handle anything within the European Union. One ten to two forty. Hundred kind of. Um well the UK is no longer two forty, we're down to two twenty I believe as part of this ruling. So it's like they just dropped a fraction which no one really notices. But yeah, it basically handles pretty much every voltage that there is out there. One ten yeah. to two forty. I think it's one ten to two thirty is the the actual technical blurb. Hang on. He said well, on, any, on any of them devices, you're allowed 10%. The electric company is allowed 10% tolerance. So if you have 220, yeah. they're allowed 22 volts either way. Yeah. But, I mean, um, hang on. So if I read this, it says uh, my Canon battery charger, for example, 100 volts, 240 volts, 50 to 60 hertz, um, 0.085 amps, brackets 100 volts, to 0.05 amps to 40 volts um, and then it outputs at a very strict amount so it should be all sort of the same so yeah. there's one good thing the EU did Peter, did will System 76 send one to you or not? Um, I, yeah, I, I actually didn't look at I mean by the I could get one off eBay uh, sent to me the only thing I thought was with Dell you, you've got the warranty like, if I have a problem with Dell, I can just send it back, you know, to them, no problem. Uh, if I was to buy one off eBay, then if the thing packs in 12 months' time, I might have trouble, you know, getting a warranty on it. So. Well, I got my son one for, for uh, college, and uh, I got him one of them XPS machines, and it's a powerhouse. I mean, it was here, it was like, I think last year, a little over a year ago, I bought it. And uh, we got it for, for like nine ninety five, but I mean it has a separate graph, uh, separate graphics card in it. 
I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, there's a lot of nice laptops out there. It depends how much you want to spend. I mean, if if I actually needed one for a job, you wouldn't mind spending the extra money, but only you really use a laptop to talk to you folks. <laughs> so, and as a myth front end on occasion in the bedroom. Well, I just got a paper uh, yesterday in the mail. They have, right now, they have the Mini 10 for two ninety nine. Of course, that's got windows on it, but... Yeah, I looked at the um, the 10-inch EPC, and that was $799. Yeah, this is 299 from Dell. Yeah, yeah well, that, that shows you the difference in our prices, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Admittedly, I can get one of them off eBay for five ninety nine. but... Well, that's what I was... I was actually going to tell you, Peter. Um, I recently bought a uh, a camera on uh, on eBay, and the company that I bought it from sent me a notice after, um, and they they offer warranties with things purchased not only on eBay, but you could go to a store, buy something, and then get a warranty through this company, and it will cover up to the value of of what you paid for the item. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's actually yeah. not that yeah. bad price. Yeah, I mean, it's all pretty good when you look at it. Like, a lot of them say they you get the manufacturer's warranty too, but uh, just for simplicity's sake, I think I'll just go to Dell on this one. Yeah. Well, it's probably going to cost me a little more, but it's only money. Well, well I got the extended three-year warranty on my son, and it was, I mean, if it was $100, it was a lot for three extra years. 330, you want to go next? Sure, I can. Um, well, in the uh, the aftermath of Fab from uh, from Linux Outlaws and Crunchbang and everything else, um, I've decided to make my own Linux distribution. And by distribution, I mean I'm doing a remaster of Ubuntu because I know nothing about making distributions, and I don't think you really want to run something that I had my hands in. But I'm doing a... A Paranoid Ubuntu remix. Um, really what it is is what Paranoid Linux should be. Because they've... I don't know what they've been up to, but to me it looks like they've been wasting time. But um, I'm going to make just the most absolutely ridiculously like security-related um, Ubuntu install that you could ever hope to have. Um... Say I'm basing it on the install I have on my Tripoli right now, so it'll be um, you'll be encouraged to install it into an encrypted LVM setup, like they like a like they talked about on um, Armored Penguin for Debian, and uh, it'll have Tor already set up through Foxy Proxy, um, no script, a uh, no script for cookies. I can't actually remember what it's called. But it's just going to be absolutely ridiculously unnecessarily hardened just because I really have nothing better to do with my time. So as soon as I get that up and running, um, I'll be putting it... I'll probably be posting links to it everywhere, but um, there will definitely be a link on 330.us. But Remaster Sys is uh, kind of interesting. What, what kind of desktop are you going to go with? Um... I think uh, GNOME, just to make it easy for everyone. I, I may do varying flavors after that. I hope to have a Fluxbox one, just because Fluxboxes win. 
So you're going to yeah, get it on one CD, just keep it under 700 megabytes? Uh, yeah, right now I'm struggling to keep it under a gig, but um, I'm planning to ship it with a bunch of uh, uh, Creative Commons artwork and stuff like that, just so that all the folders in home aren't empty. And uh, I'll be putting in, like, like the bookmarks thing will already have a bunch of cool stuff in there about you know, just trying to get people to think more about where their data could be going and who's interested in looking at it. This this all stems from I'm reading uh, Cory Doctorow's Little Brother, and it, it tends to make people paranoid. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah. We'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. Say one thing that people could do right now, just because it may take me a while to do this. Um, there's a a website, Scroogle.org. It is a Google search with everything anonymized and all the ads and stuff scraped off of it. So if you want to be able to search Google and them not know who's doing it, Scroogle's kind of cool. Scroogle. S C R O O G L E dot com. Dot mm-hmm. org. And there's actually a little thing that you can add into Firefox to make it your default search. Cool. Google.com is porn. <laughs> yeah. I just found out. Yeah, I, I should have mentioned that. Sorry. Google.org. All right. Zoke, do you have a story for us? Because we got like seven more minutes. Um. Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, what have we got? Uh, trio of very quick Microsoft-related stories, which I just found funny, generally. Um, the UK government's finally shown a fraction of intelligence by actually grouping all their Microsoft licenses into one big bulk license. Beforehand, they did it by each department. So they ended up, they reckon they can save 70 million or something a year. Um, and I'm mentioning this mainly because it's there was a Microsoft did a press release about it, and there's a line in it that said it also reinforces the government's commitment to its open source action plan by setting up a facility to reuse and share licenses across the public sector. I think someone needs to teach what open source means. Um, Talking of purchasing power, the US Air Force has apparently persuaded Microsoft to make a secure version of XP for it. Um, and there's another thing I read that said there was uh, the latest version of Windows 7, the, the RC version, um, still has the uh, flaw in uh, Windows Explorer that it hides the extensions of known file types. So you can make virus, virus.txt.exe and Explorer shows it as virus.txt. So that always sucks as well. Which is, but the main story which I'm going to discuss, I'll, I'll copy and link paste, uh, the pages in, in a moment. But um, did anyone hear about the South African Department of Education and FOF? I read some blurb about it somewhere. I couldn't tell you what it was about, though. Well, they, they basically, um, what they did was, um, South Africa's got this ruling that you've got to have, um, hang on, let me try and pull the page up. The 
they they have this rule that you're meant to have uh, minimum interoperability standards, and so this you know they're pushing sort of open office and, and open formats. Um, but the Department of Education has said uh, there's a teacher laptop initiative that grants teachers a monthly allowance to purchase and maintain a laptop that meets minimum specifications. And the minimum specifications are it must run Windows XP or higher. It must have Microsoft Office and it must use Windows Live. Um, the, the specifications are all basically Microsoft, which is stupid. Absolutely silly. So it completely goes against their national strategy of actually being open and allowing interoperability. So that just sucks, really. Anyway, go discuss it a moment if you want. Well, they could save a lot more money by getting rid of Microsoft altogether, couldn't they? Well, we've kind of had that discussion before. I mean, it seems like you would think so, but there are lots of other factors going into it all, like retraining the staff and the people that have to use the computers and all that other good stuff. I mean, I think it would be a smart move for any any country to to move toward free software because uh, that would, you know, wean them off of reliance off of Microsoft, whether that's a domestic company to you or a foreign country to you. Um, there's just, I don't see any good reason to be dependent upon a, a private, a, or a, a company like that for all your for all your data and your infrastructure. But whatever. I mean in terms of like financial stuff, bottom line that these companies usually worry about or these governments, companies, whatever, same thing. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's actually cheaper for them or not. The, the, the one thing I don't understand both ways. The, the one thing I don't understand is if 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 they are afraid about converting over it to altogether. Why wouldn't they like institute a small portion of it? Well, like Chad did with the, you know, like they did in Virginia, where they started out with like uh, let's say, open office, and you know, I mean, of course there was lumpy spots, and they didn't convert everybody, but people got through it rather quickly. Because South Africa doesn't have Chad, I guess. I mean, there's got to be some people or someone in the position, the influential position, where they can make that transition happen, I would imagine, because it's just not a given, you know, that people think, oh, we need to transition to free software. Yeah, and then, of course, it goes back to the fact that, oh, if it's free, it's got to be something wrong with it, or, you know... Or, or there's no support, or whatever, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, it doesn't have this one little feature, so it, I can't use it. All right, you guys got any anything else to say before I end this? The cake is a lie. What does that mean? Oh, it's yeah. from the video game portal. You're full of shit. Two, three, thirty. <laughs> Ooh, two, did you hear that? I, didn't, I don't care. That's worth getting sent back. to the bin for. <laughs> going back to the. Poopy bin or whatever it's called. Poopy <laughs> <Yeah>. bin. <laughs> back, back to the box for Peter. It was worth it. Just tell him 330s full of shit. Bye. Hey, you're, you're in the booby bin. What are you doing to the box? Oh, let me get him. I forgot. <laughs>
We got him. Yeah. All right. Uh, on our next hit radio, it'll be on May 30th. Uh, same potluck format, but we're also going to talk about, if you guys want to, installing and tweaking Fluxbox Window Manager. And the show notes will be at titradio.info. And if you'd like to send us some feedback, it's at feedback at titradio.org. And I'm going to go ahead and play the uh, self-promo, because it might be the last time we played on this show. First and last time. And I'm going to play a song by the Noisemakers. It's called She's a Freak. So uh, thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you guys later. Good night. Good night, Monster B. Good night. Good night, Monster B. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Monster B. Thanks. See you guys next time. The Southeast Linux Fest is a community event for anyone who wants to learn more about Linux and free and open source software. It is part educational conference and part social gathering. Like Linux itself, it is shared with the attendees of all skill levels to communicate tips and ideas and to benefit all who use Linux and free and open source software. The Linux Fest is a place to learn, to make new friends, to network with new business partners, and most importantly, to have fun. Come join us for the first annual Southeast Linux Fest on June 13, 2009 in Clemson, South Carolina. Register today at southeastlinuxfest.org. To knock your bitches to first grade Deliver like FedEx to UPS Straight A's when I'm put to the test This is real, not fake Like hustle and flow I'm not an actor with rhymes Someone else wrote I'm not delusional I only wish to be me And I will work you in the process To get me cheese So put them rocks in ya Take a little bit of breath from ya Suspense full Put a little bit of death in ya She's a freak like me I sit on pump Pick up the microphone And run it like a marathon I don't think she knows who I am, so what's 
So I better bring it in, I guess we'll see, man He's a freak like me, I sit on palm Pick up the microphone and run it like a marathon I don't think she knows who I am So I better bring it in, I guess we'll see, man I'm running and gunning, busting my rap at every one of them Kicking the flavor that you still haven't even done And I'ma write a song, make it simple, maybe shake your ass And put a quarter in the jukebox and let's go blast You look me in my eyes, you noticed I'm the hottest dude in this rap game Well I be staring at your thighs, so let me see just what you're working with, girl I'ma put it on the dance floor and rock my world You were tuned in to Memphis, don't forget this Who get it crunk, punk, we the top of the A-list I'm closer up the microphone like the chicken pox I spit enough venom to put you in the pine box This girl named Rap, I know from way back I know a whole bunch of cats that got in her intact But this is Roxo, a.k.a. Julius Caesar The chick pleasing soulmate, fresher than Colgate And I'm She's a freak like me, I sit on pump Pick up the microphone and run it like a marathon don't think she knows who I am So I better bring it in, I guess we'll see, man She's a freak like me, I sit on palm Pick up the microphone and run it like a marathon Don't think she knows who I am So I better bring it in, I guess we'll see, man She's a freak like me, I sit on palm Pick up the microphone and run it like a marathon Don't think she knows who I am So I better bring it in, I guess we'll see, man She's a freak like me, I sit on palm Pick up the microphone Phone and run it like a marathon. Don't think she knows who I am, so I better bring it in. I guess we'll see, man. Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.